Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Good morning, LifePoint Church. How's everybody today? Yeah. yeah! This is the service we always end up coming to. We always intend to go to the 845, and then we always intend to go to the 1015, and then we also have two children three and one, and so they, they got right out of the house today because they were able to dress up like dinosaurs to come to church, so they were pretty <laughs> thrilled to get out of the door. But uh, anyway, welcome, welcome, welcome. So we've been in this series on legacy, living our lives in such a way that my life has a residual effect after I'm gone. Legacy is about attaching my life to things that are bigger than me so that my life lives on after I'm gone. And so Danny spoke on this in the first week, and he talked about the standard of living versus our quality of life. And so much of us, we're, we're focused on our standard of living. Our standard of living is about how much money we make and how many toys and how much stuff we have versus the quality of life. And quality of life is about our well-being as a whole person, our health, our relationships, our happiness, our peace, the things that are really going on with us. And the temptation is to focus on creating a better standard of living, thinking it will bring a better quality of life, but it doesn't necessarily do that. So if you missed that that message, man, check it out. It is on our website at lifepointsa.com. You can listen to all of our messages right there. And then last week we heard from Dave Ramsey, and Dave Ramsey was talking about the trap of debt and how we as Americans, we like to live very large. Dave Ramsey, he shared that on average, people spend 107% of what they make. So we make 100% of our income, and then we spend 107%. How does that even work? Oh, brother, let me tell you. My God is more than enough. He will supply all my needs. That's not the truth, man. It's because we get into some MasterCard debt. Our God is more than enough, but 107% in our finances, not that kind of enough. And that MasterCard is the problem. So many have found themselves with significant levels of debt because we so desire to have a better standard of living and so that we'll we'll do whatever it takes to get that and get it now. And we think that it's going to increase our quality of life, but it doesn't. It decreases it because then we have anxiety and stress and we become a slave to our debt And we have to serve our money. And that's not what God intended for us to do. Craig Rochelle, he has a quote. He says, we don't serve money. We serve God. And money serves us as we serve God. Man, today in America, we are so stinking rich. Some of you think, man, I don't feel very rich. But according to globalrich.org, if you make $33,000 a year or more, you are in the top 1% of wage earners alive today. That's amazing. It's amazing to think about it, that in this room, we're surrounded by some one percenters today. And if you make 80,000 a year or more, you're in the top one-tenth of one percent of wage earners. So you are incredibly blessed. We are all incredibly blessed. We really have more than we, we, when we, than we need. We are blessed. Man, I hate it when I'm at church and the pastor says, would you just turn to your neighbor and say something? That's like, drives me nuts. But if you would... Would you just take a second, will you turn to your neighbor and say to them, I am rich. Say it with me. I Ushers, if you would, bring forward the offering baskets. We're going to go ahead and take up a quick offering from all these banking people this morning. 
I'm just kidding. But people think, man, people think that church and money should be like church and politics, and we shouldn't talk about either politics or money in the church. We shouldn't blend our money with God, and we shouldn't blend politics with God. And the thing is, is too many of us have already done that. We, if you've ever said a prayer, God, if you would just do this in my finances, then I would do this for you. God, if you could just help me get that promotion at work so that I could provide better for my family. God, if you would just bless my life in this way, then I would do this for you. We've already blended God into our finances, and that's totally okay because the Bible has a lot to say about our finances, and our finances need to be blended with God because he owns it all. The Bible talks a lot about possessions, and it talks a lot about material things. In fact, Jesus spent more time talking about money in Scripture than he did spend talking about heaven or hell. I think that's really interesting, and I think why he talks so much about money and material things is because I think we spend more time thinking about our money than we think about heaven or hell. The great theologian Snoop Dogg, he said in his writings of first gin and juice, we laid back with our mind on our money and our money on our mind. It's true, man. It's true. We spend a lot of time thinking about money, how we're going to get it, how we're going to spend it, how we're going to invest it, build it, protect it, insure it, and keep it. And it's easy to let it dominate our lives. Our wallets, man, they have a close connection to our hearts. And so we have to be real careful about the way that we look at our money and the amount of power we let money have in our mind and our beliefs and our quality of life. Because it says in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, your heart will also be. So we got to be real careful about how much treasure we put on our money. I believe Jesus also had a lot, of, lot to say about money because he cared for us. He cares for us and he wants us to experience freedom and liberation in our lives and not be bound to our stuff. I think God watches how we handle wealth and how we handle our finances. And I think the way that we manage it, it shows God how we can be trusted to handle other things, not just our money. So Jesus, man, he gave, he gave many principles throughout Scripture. And oftentimes, he gave these principles through what we call parables. And a parable, it was a story that Jesus told where he would give an earthly example for a spiritual, heavenly reality. And over half of the parables that Jesus told, they dealt with material possessions. So today we're going to look at a text out of Matthew 25, and this is known as the parable of the talents. <clears throat> talents was a measure of money, and so this was about the parable of the talents. So let's take a look at what it says, and then we'll kind of break it down verse by verse. So Matthew 25, 14. He says, it will be like, and he's talking about the kingdom of heaven, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. <clears throat> to one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work, and he gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. 
Then he said, take a drink of water. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many more things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things and I will put you in charge of many more things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here it is. What belongs to you? His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. You knew that, har- that I harvest where I have not sown and I gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that there would be a return that I would have received back with interest. So he took that bag of gold from him and gave it to the one who had the 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Man, really an interesting, interesting story. A lot that we can, we can glean from this. And uh, I think it's a great story to read. But, but the way we're looking at it is, is this businessman is very wealthy, very wealthy businessman. And we know this, he's banking because he's got servants. He's got money to, he's got money to have servants. And he has, he has land. And he's able to go on a trip for a long time. So this guy, is, he's rolling pretty dirty. So he divided up his wealth <coughs> to his servants. And he says, guys, listen, I'm going to give this to you. It's my money. And I'm giving it to you, and I expect you to make the most of what I give you and do well with my money. And so he's gone for a long time, and then he goes back home, and he says, I gave it to you to make the most of it. What did you do? What did you make of it? And the two guys, they give great reports, and then the third guy did nothing. There are several things in this story that we can draw application from for every area of our lives, but definitely for this area of our finances. And the first thing I think that we see in this scripture is that God owns it all. It's not my money. It all belongs to God. Verse 14, it said, he called his servants and he entrusted his wealth to them. So the very servants don't belong to themselves. They belong to God. And the master entrusts his wealth to them. So everything about this verse is about God's possession of their life and God's possession of their money. And man, that can be translated into our lives and our money. The master is giving them money to take care of and it is their job to manage it, to do well with it, to be a good steward and care takers of everything that they have been given. That's the same thing that we're called to as children of God, to be managers and caretakers of everything that he has given us, of our influence, of our health, our finances, our opportunities, not just for our good, but also for his good. And I know that saying God owns it all, man, that's, that's, that's a, 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 can be a tough thing to hear because we live in a society that's very focused on me, on my achievements, my promotion, my job, my portfolio, my business. But everything in this life, our influence, our health, everything, our relationships, everything in this life is a gift from God to us. You say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I earned it. I worked for it. I took the risk. I put the second mortgage on my house to pull that thing off. 
I met the people, I networked with the right individual. But who gave you that creative mind, those hands and those feet to work? Man, you had the idea and someone else didn't have the idea. How come you have a brilliant mind and someone else might not? Everything we have is a gift. Everything we have in our life is a gift. You took right steps and you worked your butt off. Yes, you did. But he blessed you with a door that could have been open or it could have been shut. It just happened to be open for you. Everything we have in this life is a gift from God. James 1.17, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. Man, I had the great privilege of being there for the birth of both of our boys. And when my boys came into the world, they did not come out with a briefcase full of money. Unfortunately. They didn't come with some good stock tips. Hey, Dad, just wanted to bless you. I know I'm going to cost you a little bit extra, so I just wanted to let you know you should probably look at this fund. That didn't happen, man, because we don't bring anything into this world. And someday when you're gone, someone else is going to have all your money. It may be your family. It could be the IRS, depending on what happened. But someone is going to have and someone is going to spend your money. And once you die, someone else is going to live in your house. And they're finally going to paint that ugly wall that you're so proud of. Because we bring nothing into this world and we take nothing out. We only get to use what we have while we're here. So we, what we have is in our possession, but it's not ours. It's under our management. We manage what we have while we're here. Everything we have in this life is a gift from God to us. Back to the text in verse 15. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. So these guys, they were given all different amounts to work with. And if you read how much a talent was, a bag of gold, it was about 75 pounds of gold, which in today's market would be worth about $1.5 million per bag, which is a good day. So they they were all given a lot. They were all given much, but it wasn't about the, the amount. It was about what they did with what they have. So man, we don't need to be concerned if we're five talents or 10 talent people or one talent people. We need to be more concerned that, that uh, we do something with what we've give, been given. Each of us has been given more than enough and everyone gets something in this story and everyone gets something in here today. And so we can't compare. We just got to use what we've been giving. Because every time you look on social media, the first tendency is to compare. You see everybody's perfect stinking family and perfect vacation, perfect, every, their hair looks perfect in photos and everything's just perfect about them, but that's rubbish. And, and when we compare what we have to what someone else have, we compare what we know about us to what we don't know about other people. And man, we've gotta be careful because comparison will cripple us. So we don't compare if we, what the amount that we have We do the best with what we can. The parable continues in verse 16. So the man who had received five bags of gold went at once. He didn't wait. He got on it. He took his master's money. He didn't delay and he put his master's money to work and he gained five more bags. 17. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. Notice he didn't waste his time comparing and saying, well, if you had given me five bags, I'd get hustling too. He says, nope, you've given me two bags. I'm going to do something with what you've given. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and put his master's money 
in the ground. Verse 19, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And of course, the first one to come back into the master's office is the one that had received the five bags and increased it to 10 bags. He said, you entrusted me with five bags. I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. The master did not say good intentions, buddy. He said, well done, well done. Our God is a God that gets things done. Man, aren't you glad that Jesus didn't get on the cross with his nail pierced, standing up on his nail pierced feet and say, God, I hope this works. Man, he said, it is finished because we serve a God that gets things done. Intentions are worthless. We can have intentions to get out of debt or to go after that thing that God has put in our hearts. But if we just have intentions and no obedience, we will find that intentions will get us nowhere. Intentions are worthless. James chapter one, don't listen to God's word. Do what it says. Because if you listen to the word and you don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. Do what it says and don't forget what you heard. Man, you don't get credit for looking in the mirror. That's just the assessment. And you're still ugly. (laughs) Joking. You get credit for doing something about what you see. You don't get fit by just getting a gym membership. you got to have action behind your intention. I tried it one time. (laughs) Intentions alone are useless. Verse 22, the man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. And the master replied the exact same thing. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. Notice the master did not say, well done, good and fruitful servant. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Because our faithfulness is what our master is looking for, not our fruitfulness. I think when we are faithful, we will be fruitful. But faithfulness is what the master is looking for. We are called to be faithful with everything that has been entrusted to us. So the first two guys, man, they got the same blessing because they were faithful with what the master gave them and they got on it and they became all about what the master had given them. They embraced the responsibility. They opened the bags and said, what's in here? And they explored it and cultivated it and embraced it and they decided to make something great out of it and they reaped the benefits of it and were given even more responsibility and more blessing. So whatever God has given you, man, embrace it, cultivate it, put it to work and remember that God is more pleased with your faithfulness than our fruitfulness. And then in verse 24, this is where the tone of the story changes. It says, then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here it is, what belongs to you? His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So I've been thinking a lot about this third guy this week, and I kept thinking, why would this guy bury it? Why was he so cautious and conservative? Why, why should his response, why was it so different than the other two guys? They had the same master, and they were both given, they were all three given great things. Why is this guy's 
perspective so different. And I think it really goes back to verse 25, those three words, I was afraid. Because the opposite of faith is not doubt. Man, we can deal with doubts. There's a lot of people that have doubts. I have doubts about things. We all have doubts. And, and, and that's okay, man. The disciples had doubts. In fact, one of them was called Doubting Thomas, is known as Doubting Thomas, and, and he's in heaven with no more doubts. So I think if we just take our doubts and our questions and our insecurities and we just follow after Jesus, then one day all of our doubts are going to go away. Now, maybe not next Tuesday, but when we all get to heaven, no one is going to have doubts. No one's going to be like, hey, bro, do you believe in Jesus? Like, yeah, bro, he's right. We're worshiping him like right now, bro. So the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is fear. Faith will produce action, but fear is going to paralyze us every time. And the guy admits it. I was afraid, so I did nothing with what you gave me. Fear is a trap that will keep us from experiencing the blessing of God. I believe that. So don't bury what you've been given. Don't bury what you've been given. Burying was a comfortable thing for him, man. It was... It was convenient. After all, this guy, he probably would have his, his own life and his own family and his own things and, to take care of. And, and he probably didn't have time to worry about his master's money too. And I know that I get very busy with the comfortable and I avoid the important. I get very focused on creating a better standard of living and a more comfortable life rather than working for a better quality of life and investing my life into the things that really matter most, the things that really leave legacy. We get really busy enjoying, earning, and achieving the comfortable, and we bury to ignore some of the best things that God has for us. We get really, really busy building our brand online, and we get really lazy praying. Man, I know that I'm so guilty of this, that I get real busy with my hobbies, and we get real busy with our hobbies, and real lazy with the most important relationships that God has for us, and, and the relationships with our family. And we get real busy with work, and real lazy with our with our faith, we get real busy entertaining ourselves and we get real lazy developing the gifts and the dreams that God has put in our hearts. We can get, we can get real busy getting more comfortable and unintentionally we avoid being faithful with what God has given us. I also think, man, I bury things in my life because I want them dead. I want to forget about them. I want them to go away and I don't want to take responsibility to deal with those things. I don't want to face it. I don't want to put in the work to start that business or that ministry that he's been putting in my heart. I don't want to deal with the responsibility. And, and this also happens in our finances, in our money. We feel like, man, we're just so upside down. We're so backwards. We're so much in debt. It is what it is. I don't have the capacity to, to deal with it. And so we just bury it. I don't know. I don't want to know how much I'm, I'm making. I'm just going to bury my financial problems and just hope that they'll go away but then the credit cards get bigger and the balances and interest and interest gets more and more unmanageable and then stress and anxiety rise up and it begins to affect other areas of our lives, not just our finances. Man, but here at LifePoint, we truly believe this and, and we, this is why we have things available to help with this, that, that at LifePoint, we believe that God has freedom for your finances. And those things that have been buried, I believe that God wants us to start digging some things up today so that he can be, begin to bring healing, restoration, and, and vision to our finances because we will never get anywhere if we bury what the Lord has given us. The last thing that I see about this third guy is that he had a jacked up view of his master. He had a jacked up view of his source. In that verse it says, I knew that you were a hard man. 
And the other two guys, man, they said nothing about this. In fact, it said that they saw him as a generous man that had a huge amount of trust in them and they were giving, they were thankful that they were given a great opportunity to manage his resources. But this third guy believed him to be a hard man and he was afraid because he didn't know his source. He didn't know his source. So I went to the doctor for a checkup a few weeks ago and after after some testing and whatnot, just a normal, nothing's wrong, but a, just a normal checkup. So the doctor comes back and tells me my symptoms. And he says, you're fat, you're ugly, and you're going to die. I said, great, take my money. So I went home, and, uh, and my wife, who's a nurse and is always way too curious about my doctor's appointments. I'm sorry, guys. If you're married to a nurse, man, it stinks. So she said... How'd it go? And I said, well, the doctor says I'm fat, I'm ugly, and I'm going to die. And she said, I told you. And I was like, dang, come on, Gabby. She said, you are getting a little chubby. You ain't what you used to be. And you're probably not going to live much longer if you don't slow your roll. And she said, you don't pay any attention to what you're eating. Your diet is terrible. You don't do much physical activity. You focus on doing a lot of things, but you neglect your health. So I said, what's for dinner? You see, the doctor told me the symptoms, but my wife told me the source. And if we don't know the source, and if I don't change the source of what I'm putting in my body, then the symptoms will get worse, and eventually the symptoms could kill me. This is true in every area of our lives, but definitely in our money. We may see the symptoms in our finances of being overloaded, buried in debt, living paycheck to paycheck, stressed, Anxious, but I think if we start paying close attention and know the source of our symptoms and not just the symptoms, I think we can begin to see some freedom. You know, it's funny that Danny asked me to speak this week. Many of you know that you can, you can file an extension to file your taxes. And people that are smart, they don't do this. And they file their taxes in April when they're due. People like me, I file a six-month extension so that I can have delayed gratification and I can deal with the same headache of taxes in October rather than April. I really don't know why I do that every year. So October 15th was Monday and so I've been combing through my receipts and my invoices and my bank statements over the last couple of weeks. And every year, man, it's so eye-opening to say the least. And as I was looking closely at my spending reports, I was thinking, wow, I overconsume. And, so, and I love Las Palapas. I'm not managing my resources the way that I should. So something I think very practical, this is just a very practical thing. I know this music is very soft and spiritual. That was good. <laughs> but something very practical for us this week is I think it would be a good exercise this week for us to have a business meeting about our finances with yourself or with your spouse if you're married and spy in on your finances this week. If you're married, I think it's wise to, to get on the same page about your finances and also also think it's wise to get on, 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 on the same accounts because it's not my money and it's not your money, it's our money that we've been entrusted to use. We are managing these resources together. So we need to have transparency in our finances with our spouse. So, so my wife and I, we're gonna do this this week and I encourage you to keep track keep track of your spending this week as well and and I know the bank you get a bank statement every month 
But don't just let the bank keep track. They do that very well. You keep track. You know, there's a lot of computer programs where you can just get a piece of paper out and just, just write four columns, what date you did it, what you spent and where you spent it. And then just put your initials. If it was you that did it or if your wife that did it, put who spent the money. And, and uh, it, this is important. This is important because we need to be knowing where all our money is going. Say that with me. I need to be knowing where all my money's going. And I think if we begin to pay close attention, we may get to some perspective on what is really happening and why it's happening in our finances. This is very simple. This is stewardship. This is management of the resources that we have been entrusted with. And this might not get us out of debt tomorrow, but man, it'll make us more aware of what's going on in our finances. If we're going to to experience a better quality of life, man, we need to understand how our finances are being affected by our standard of living. We need to be knowing where our money is going. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you are the source of every good thing in our lives. And Father, we know that you desire for us to walk in freedom and in peace in every area of our lives, but also even in our finances. And that parable that we read today, it's really all about your grace and your generosity, but our, also our responsibility to be faithful with what you have given us. And so, Father, I pray that we would be faithful and we would not waste what we have been entrusted with, that we would not bury what we've been given. Father, we, we recognize that everything we have is a gift. And Father, we are so thankful, first of all, for the free gift of salvation and for the freedom that is found in you and you alone. And we thank you today that we are rich, not because of what our bank statement says, but because of who our master is. We are rich. We believe that you are more than enough and that you have given us more than we need. And our prayer is that we would set our focus on being faithful with what you have put in our hands to manage. That we would focus more of our attention and energy and efforts on being faithful to you than being fruitful for ourselves. Father, we know that it is in our faithfulness to you and the way that we manage what we've been given that we will experience freedom in every area of our lives, including our finances. Father, also, I know that there's people in here today that have buried things in their life. Maybe they have a buried talent or a dream or a desire or a passion or a relationship, and they have buried something that's great out of fear. And so I pray that even now, that I pray that a desire to dig that thing up and that faith would begin to rise and that people of Life Point Church would be known as people that get things done, people that go after what you have put in them to do. Father, you are worthy of all that we have to give. You always have been, you always will be. And in your strong and your powerful name, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.